LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Henner. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. Episodes Mm. drop on Monday. Now, Derek, you've been involved in lots of resources, lots of events over the last few years. If you were to think back, what's been one of your, you know, favourite things that you've listened to, or um, you know, favourite memorable events you've been a part of? If you could oh. just get it down to one little, you know. If if I had to name oh. one, I wouldn't. I'd name them all. Uh, I'd <laughs> name them all. What's been the favourite one? That's a great question. Uh, my favourite records I remember actually um, was with. Graham and Rhett from EV uh, doing the, I think it would have been the leaders, the building teams course. Yep. Uh, that was excellent because it was one of the first ones we ever did, like the whole course we did together. To hear them articulating stuff they had been working on for years and years and years uh, in such an impactful way. And that course for me has been one I've used again and again for just flicking it out. So that, yeah, you go. I did do a down to one. That building teams yeah, yeah. course building, was excellent. So that's the building teams course. You can get that on uh, on Ministry Grid. Uh, you can also get it on our Church in a Box uh, page as well if you just want to access the one course uh, as well. Now, the one thing is brought to you thanks to Reach Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy, evangelistic, multiplying churches across Australia. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing. Small resources, large impact. Now, Geneva Push, let me tell you a little bit about the story from the early days. Um, we, we've now seen 105 church plants, but if we head back all the way back to day one, um, I kind of describe Geneva Push as, as a website and, um, and a media guy who was working with a whole bunch of volunteers to sort of, you know, get it happening. Um, uh, we did a, a lot, um, a lot with only a little amount of resources. And in many ways, that's the story of church planting. Um, that's the story often of, of most churches as well. Yeah, not every church has the the context or the capacity. And not every, every leader will be able to lead a 5,000-person church. And a lot of the buildings that we use as well are, are designed for about 120 people. And so there's a number of factors that mean that um, the, the way in which we need to, to think about ministry is not small. We're not thinking small. We're looking at the fields, not just the barn we might work in. We have millions of people who need the gospel. But the question is, how do we best utilize what's being given us, even if there seems small resources, to have as big an impact as we can? Church plans deal with that from the get-go. A lot of established churches are dealing with that as well, uh, whether, whether it's a building or finances, whatever it might be. But we want to we not think small. We want to think how do we use the small resources we've got or the limited resources, a better way to put it, for a large impact. And, and you also don't want to kind of have that, you know, pie in the sky thinking, oh, big churches, they've kind of got all the resources they need. You know, yeah. the reality is as well, as you say, for a big church, they're often feeling like they need more because they want to get more, more done. So, so, Derek, what's the key to making a big impact with small resources? Yeah, yeah. I'll answer that question, but I do want to just add on to what you say there because I think that that's a common misconception as well. No one is at, well, I haven't met a church yet that's thinking, I just wish we had a few less people so I could have more to do. Uh, no <laughs> one's thinking that. Everyone is absolutely strapped. It's just in different ways. So that problem never goes away. But your question, 
uh, before yeah. hijacked it was. Yeah, that's it. What's the key to making a big impact with small resources? Well, I think the first thing, you need to be really clear about what it is that uh, you are there to do, what your role is, what your mission is on that. Um, I was talking to our Stewart recording a podcast with him a little while ago, and there's that, that quadrant. It's a Covey quadrant, isn't it, where there's the urgent important. And in the top right-hand corner, is the not urgent and important part of it. And now we, we often live in the thing that's right in front of us since the, the, uh, the, the top left quadrant, the uh, urgent, important, or even the things which, you know, the other quadrants, which may not actually progress us to where we want to be. But part of what we're doing in any context, particularly in a small context where we might feel like we have limited resources, we need to be very clear about the, the things we absolutely must do absolutely must do now that is hard i think for established church guys when i see um the challenges they have because they walk into a context where there are a whole number of things which they are required to do but as i look at them i think are they the things that are actually going to move the the gospel vision forward and so part of it's clarifying what i absolutely have to do so what then, you're saying there is what you're saying there is actually thinking about well, where do i want to get you know, in the next 12 months or 18 months or in this next quarter and being, you know, really spending the time to sharpen that, you know, because I'm not here. I'm, someone could hear you say, okay, throw a whole bunch of things on a wall, a wall, but you're saying, no, clarify what is the key thing, you know, you're doing in your ministry area, what's the key thing that you're wanting to do in this church? Is that That's what you're saying there. Oh, I hope people aren't hearing me saying just throw a thing on the wall and see what sticks. No, 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 no. I'm saying I think even below, just above the strategic level that you've identified there, just the the clarity. What what am I here to do? I want to see God's people grow and mature to be like Jesus, and I want to reach the lost. That's the highest level. Because because there's, there's there's heaps of voices in church. You know, there's lots of people saying this is the most important thing. Yes, uh, this is what you ought to be doing. Derek, why don't you spend more time with me? Um, yes. We used to spend much more time, but you have stopped spending time. There's all these things that kind of push into your priorities. Often good things. It would be yep. great to spend more time with you. Yep, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad it would you be. That. Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> we've got that uh, officially on on record now. That's great. So, uh, so after you've after you've clarified the big thing, hmm. what else do you need to do? Well, oh, you you've you flagged it there as well. You, it is then building out of that. What am I going to do in the next eighteen months? Uh, what are the key things I need to do in order to move that forward? These are not trivial exercises. These are really hard because every time you put something on a paper, you're saying no to something else or you should be saying no to something else. But having clear goals about where you're going, you are going to upset some people in this. You're going to upset some people in this uh, because the things that you might identify that will really move the mission forward may not fit with what has happened the last 20, 30, 50 years. Mm. Uh, and it may not fit with what they are passionate about either. Now, I'm not saying be a dictator. I'm not saying you just decide without collaboration. No, no. But I am saying uh, decide collaboratively around the key things that you, the Bible is pushing us towards, the strategic goals. And then from that, you use the limit of the resources, understanding that you are not the creator, you're part of the creation. You are not the saviour. You know, you are one of the saved. And so you can't do everything but... You have to decide, you know, as uh, Gandalf says to uh, one of the hobbits, I think it's Frodo sitting in. Now, you've got to decide what you're going to do with the time that's given you and the resources that are given you. Gandalf didn't say that last bit, but uh, it fits. So I, I did say what's the key, but you've given me two things, and I know you've got one more thing to say. So it's really what are the keys 
to make a big impact with small <laughs> resources. So, so what's the third thing uh, that's key to making a big impact? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well, part of it is actually just doing it, isn't it? Part of it is being deliberate enough to do it. Um, you know, I think uh, Tom's used the word hustle when we've been talking about this. And part of it is hustle. It's actually just uh, um, getting up each day and deciding based on the big thing I've clarified I want to do, the clear strategic goals I've had, how will I spend my time now? What is the best thing to do right now? And uh, that does require energy and focus and deliberateness because the reality of leadership is in churches, you will be pushed every every way that someone has an agenda or, yeah. And so you need to be so clear I'm, what I'm you hearing are hustle, hustle towards. Yeah, I'm hearing hustle. I'm, you're not, not saying just just get busy. It's it's being it's hustling in the in the right direction. Um, and and also here, yeah. Is that am I hearing you right, there? Yeah, work smart, sharpen your axe. Um, and so the things that you do make them count. Not just make them count so you're busy, but make them count so they drive towards your goal. Which might mean instead of doing eight things. You do three things well, and you cop the flack from people saying he only does three things, or he doesn't do the things I want. Um, and he, no, no, I'm doing these three things, and I'm going to try and do them well because they are the things, they're the biggest levers that get me where I think we need to go as a church. Yeah, I think I hear hustle as well. You know, the the, the Bible is really, you know, uh, rich with metaphors about what ministry is like. You know, and uh, you know, it uses the image of the the, the hardworking farmer and the the athlete and the soldier. You know, hustle also means it is hard work, and and be prepared for that. You know, ministry, um, ministry is relationally tough. Uh, it's complex, uh, and and it requires work. I was going to say, I'm feeling this tension at the moment with stuff. Like I think we're we're working on some big things which are really exciting, and I and I think we've both discussed them. We think they're going to have a, um, under God a big impact on the church across Australia and the next generation of leaders. And so we, we've spent a lot of time working on this and working with other people on it. Um, but while I've been doing that, there's, this, there's other voices in my head that have been nagging at me about things that I know are dropping, aren't getting done, and I can't do everything. I, I, I love seeing my kids. I love seeing my, I'd like to stay married. I'd like to be an engaged father. So I need to work out where the limits are. But those things nag at me that they're not getting done. And so it's this is a real live issue. I think you know I'm not just talking about this in the kind of esoteric abstract way. This is real for everyone. I think. Who's- well, well, help us help us with sort of saying no. You've said if you clarify the big thing, oh, it's easy to say no. Uh, but mm. <laughs> yeah, how, how do we say no? Oh, it's not easy to say no. It's not easy to say no. But people leading ministries and leading churches, they have a heart for people. They love people. That's why they went into this uh, this role at the beginning because they they want to see people grow and nurtured and they want to be in connection with them and the easy knows to say are whether it's unrelational and where you know they're not connected with the people who are asking but nearly all the time uh, people are, are coming to you with genuine need and, and genuine challenges and they're the hard knows they're the knows that are, that are really difficult to say no to and so it takes a little bit of fortitude to work out how to say no when to say no it takes a lot of wisdom about your motives for saying no as well as well as saying yes Uh, but practically i think one of the things that you need to do you need to clarify your big goals you need to clarify what you know working on at the moment in order to get you there and then use little things again our steward's really good with this stuff um, but use things like your calendar 
to help you be able to say no uh, with a not a clear conscience, um, but with some sort of uh, conviction uh, and integrity as well, that you're not just saying no because you're being lazy and you're not just saying no because you're being uncaring, but you're saying no. And sometimes it's actually not just a no, it's not at this point. Hmm. Um, so You're not saying no, all right, let me just talk to my wife. Uh, my wife, I can't do it because my wife says no. You're not using her as an excuse. But, but I, I think it's actually teaching people as well to say, yeah. I'm saying no to you on this so that I can say yes to something that I think is actually good for you, beneficial yeah. for us as a church. Or, um, yeah. And, 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 it, and you saying no means that when you do say yes to someone, they'll, they'll know that it's, it's meaningful, important, and, uh, and deliberate. But gee whiz, it's, it's hard work. You kind oh, of want to do everything. Yeah. yeah you don't you want do. to displease people and upset them and... No, uh, yeah. and look on the pastoral front as well. I, I, this is where it often the rub comes as well. But I, you know, there's a constant. Yes, of course I'll do that. But actually, the end result is that I love a limited number of people quite deeply. Then, and a whole number, bunch of people who maybe don't ever ask me or find me intimidating or remote or whatever it is, who don't get cared for because the bottleneck has become me. And so perhaps in that instance, I, I need to think it through and think I need to say no to these things for a while in order to build a broader pastoral work in so that everyone gets cared for, not by me, but by the church. Um, so that initial no is for the good, the end good uh, of the whole church. So, Derek, what are the enemies of uh, small resources, big impact? The enemies of small resources and big impact. Um I was talking to uh, someone yesterday, and a catchphrase that I've, I've trying to, I'm still trying to convince myself of, but I think it's absolutely true: is in order to do something well, eventually you need to do it poorly to start with. Uh, yeah. You just, you just gotta, you gotta do it once, and I hate that because I want to do it really, really well first time. I want to nail it the first time. But the reality is when you've got limited resources and when you're doing it for the first time and you're navigating a whole bunch of things, you can't do it well the first time. And so you just got to do it as well as you can, but it's not going to be where... And so the the, the idea of perfectionism um, is is a real inhibitor to a lot of people. So it's that kind um, of lean lean startup you know, idea of, you know, let's get minimum viable product, you know, let's, yeah. let's get something out there and then we can tweak it, you know, get some yeah. responses, add some more things. Um, yeah, yeah, that kind of that kind of idea. Exactly. I saw a great uh, a drawing of this or illustration of this the other day. You know, we in my head, when someone says, "Can you draw this?" The end result, I want to be Picasso the first time. Well, not Picasso. I don't really like Picasso. Van Gogh. I want it to be Van Gogh each time. But actually, the reality is, it's like a the first ep- in uh, the first drawing is a a kid's drawing, and then it's a slightly better kid's drawing, and then it's a teenager drawing. There's an adult. I've got to take five years in order to iterate it each time to get it to the point where I want it. But if I don't do the first one, I never get to the M one. And so, the I think the enemy of a small resource uh, where you are limited resources is just the willingness to do it the first time and poorly bear the critique, bear the bear the shame, bear the embarrassment of it, knowing that you have a clear trajectory in mind of where you're going to do it next time. Next time I get there, I'll do it slightly differently, and I'll convince people in the meantime that I know it's not where it needs to be, but. We can grow this. That's how resources get increased as well, by people seeing it, capturing the vision, and getting on board with you. So, Rhett, uh, Rhett Harris, you talked about at the start of this podcast, you know, uh, talks about Pareto, 
the Pareto mm. principle, you know, 80% of the results are produced by 20% of the causes. Um, so realizing that, um, you know, many outcomes, you know, often come from just a few, a few things. Yeah, there are, within a church context, there are bigger levers than others. There are bigger levers than others. Um, just because a lever yells loudly doesn't mean it's the right lever to pull. Uh, just because a lever has always been pulled doesn't mean it's the right lever to pull. Um, yeah, I this... like I like the illustration of a of a Formula One car. So sorry for those guys who don't like cars, but um, you know the idea like that, you know, changing the fuel or changing the tires or changing just the wing, you know, the wing tips on the front or the back can have this massive impact. You know, and it might just be like two two millimeters. You know, in Formula One, it's it's often just those little those very little incremental changes on just the wing design or or you know the weight distribution in the car that have this massive impact in mm. in um you know in in winning a formula 1 it'd be really helpful right. actually could you do that illustration for people who love horses how would that work for them <laughs> no don't maybe we can do that as an extra episode but you're, yeah you're absolutely right it is trying to find those things once you've clarified where you want where you want to go which is doesn't matter church size the the key identifying the key things that you're going to uh, that you need to do to get there, and and those are the levers you pull. Those are the things you tweak, and you keep tweaking. Um, and even though not everyone may understand why it is you focus there, uh, if you are convinced, you know, in consultation with other people, that these are going to have the the greatest impact on you achieving the mission that the church has been given, that's where you need to spend a significant amount of time. And you need to you need to carry the tension of those other things which you you might love and you want to get to, uh, maybe not being where you want them, because you know these are things that'll get you the the closest to where you need to be. So Derek, what's the one thing you want to say to the the church leader who's wanting to make a big impact, but he's thinking I just don't have the resources. First of all, I, I love the fact that this person wants to have a big impact. That's where you need to start. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that. I'd say as well, everyone feels the limit of their resources. Everyone feels that. The tension, whether you're in a small church or a large church, and we are speaking to those people who feel like they have lesser resources here. The challenge is making the most of what you have for the most impact. And the only way you get there is clarity about where it is you're ultimately going and then con the conviction to do the things that will get you there. That's what I'd say. Right. For a second there, I thought you were going to become a, you know, an American there. You know, I just want to say, good on you. Go for it. I That's do. awesome. You know? I do. I, <laughs> I just want to encourage that idea of having a big impact. Oh, yeah. I, I threw off my shackles of the cynical Australian for a moment, and I want to say, I want to say, if you're leading, it's hard work, but you can do it. You can do it under God. That's encouraging, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the toolbox, uh, Derek. I, I'm uh, yeah, thankful that this this episode was on your heart, and you're wanting to you know really push into it. So I think it's a uh, a good one to, to listen to and re-listen to. Uh, I mentioned a book, uh, Lean Startup. Um, you can check that out, but there's a whole bunch of, you know, type that in and you can watch a whole bunch of videos on on that that talk about that sort of idea, that concept of minimum viable product. Um, check out the uh, resource just from this year's conference where Andrew Heard talks about 
the Reach Australia framework and, and the five big things. His first point there is about uh, you know clarity and uh, and clarity on that big thing. And then we'll put a link in the show notes to that episode where Al Stewart talks about managing your calendar, managing your, your diary. Uh, I think that's a really critical principle in saying, saying no to these things. I've got one more as well. I want to say we were going to mention this anyway, but it's a good one. The Church Planning Australia podcast, that whole podcast is designed to help people build things from the ground up. So it's dealing with scarcity. It's dealing with how do you get clarity at the start and how do you decide what to do within that scarcity. So the the new Church Planning Australia podcast, uh, just looking at your podcast app, uh, that would be a helpful place, I think, for this conversation also. Yeah, Derek, that's really helpful. Go to your podcasting app, type in Church Playing Australia and start listening uh, to that podcast series. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. <laughs>